0: This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, citizens of the world, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you so much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This episode features Deb Monso. Deb Monso is an artist who explores mental wellness in her music and also curates public art installations with ArtBridge in order to reach other artists who might be suffering with depression in the Bushwick community. I was super excited to talk with Deb and to help her promote her show that was going to be happening on March 29th but of course was canceled because of COVID-19. Um she has a super cool music video called Never Go Back that deals with some of the topics that we talk about here, mental wellness and whatnot. I hope you're doing all right. Um I was kind of blue for a couple of weeks going through changes and whatnot and you know, just reached out to my community and ultimately am pulling up out of it. So if you're feeling down, please reach out to me. You're welcome to hit me up. Um, Reach out to your friends, loved ones. Don't suffer alone. Um, Take care of your mental health. We're all going to be dealing with it. So yeah, just take care of yourself and don't beat yourself up if if you're going through it. So um, we'll get to the conversation here in a second, but just wanted to let you know of course we were talking about a specific upcoming show um i look forward to see seeing what else deb comes up with during this time but you should definitely check out the links in the show notes check out the music video and follow her on instagram she's a great artist and she gives back to her community so it was a real honor to talk to her and i hope you enjoy this conversation so without further ado this is deb monso let's have a conversation (laughs) All right, so Deb so how you doing?
1: Everything's good, how are you? Thank good. you for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. Um, it was a pleasure uh, getting the email from Krista um, talking about what you're doing and seeing the new the new video that dropped. When did that drop?
1: Uh, February 1st.
0: And what's the name of it again? It's called Never Go Back. Mm-hmm. And uh, what inspired you to make that video?
1: So Never Go Back was a song that I wrote back in 2018. Um... I wrote the song uh, pretty much when I was, like, at my lowest emotional point. I had um, just lost my job, and I was like, you know what, this isn't life, and I don't ever want to be in this place again, so hence the Never Go Back title. Um, Then I came up with this idea of, like, kind of making it more of a, like, relapsing on toxic behavior, and I think I would say that idea comes from just being in Bushwick, living a nightlife, you know, meeting people, seeing people, you know, do the things that they do. And I was like, you know what? I think this would be a great opportunity to come up with something that symbolizes, you know, just toxic behavior in general. So that's when the idea of the video came about. I wrote a treatment and then I shared it with my friend who happens to have a film company and she was all on board. She's like, This is dope.
0: Nice. Um really excited to talk to you because the way you were introduced was with that video, and then you're also. Are you working with Artbridge? I am. And then you you're also. Um. No. No. So I'm like. So <laughs> there was like. There was a bunch there that checked a lot of boxes. Um. Also, you touched on it a little bit. The video talks about it, but dealing with um issues of mental health, um dealing with toxic behavior. And we were talking about it before we got rolling, but also not being preachy about that toxic behavior. Like, you know, I've lived in Bushwick 12 years. I was managing a bar for a big period of it. Yep. (laughs) You've seen it all. (laughs) And it's really interesting um, because a big turning point for me came from losing my management position at that bar. I still bartended there for a while. But when that happened, um, it kind of coincided with my journey coming back to, like, acting and kind of getting back on path. But it was something being taken away that kind of started me uh, reevaluating everything in my life. And and now, like, my focus is very much about, like, m- let me be the healthiest, you know, 100% person I can be. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm super excited. And not sure where this conversation is going to go but just yeah when when i was introduced to you i was like oh this checks like pretty much every box about what i'm trying to do here so yeah we can <laughs> go anywhere so i guess yeah let's let's talk about art bridge a little bit um so so i do volunteer work with a cleanup group called the clean
1: bushwick initiative it's funny how things just evolve from one thing to another mm-hmm. um I got involved with that because before I took my time off, because after I got fired, I was like, I ain't working. So I and didn't wh- work for so two years. So what were you doing? Property management and project management. Okay. Which is like an extremely, two very extremely stressful careers. And um, I worked as a property manager for a developer for a few years, and then I moved into project management. For a developer, and basically my job was like to buy people out, move them out. I was like gentrification queen, you know, Mm -hmm. assess buildings, figure out budgets, you know, all that good stuff. Anyway, fast track that um, after I had gotten fired from my last job, I was miserable and I probably was underperforming anyway, to be quite honest with you. Um, I was just like, I need to find my passion, you Uh know, Uh, and I took a self development course, and within that course, I was like, what's making me so angry, What's, what, 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 what is driving me crazy? And what was driving me crazy was the garbage in Bushwick. I mean, Bushwick is disgusting, like it's like dirt everywhere. And these developers and landlords are raising the rent, but the quality of living is not matching the, the rents, which I think is unfair. So then I reached out to this woman named Nicole DeSantos, who was running the Bushwick clean Bushwick initiative, and we decided to group up and start cleaning. Like we volunteer, we go out and clean, and I know it's, I'm, try, I'm trying to get to the point, but from that, I came up with this idea of like, okay, so a lot of the litter problem comes from the traffic over the weekend with the tourists. They come to see the murals and the artwork on the walls. Why don't we send a message to them about keeping Bushwick litter free through art? Nice. And so, yeah. So I reached out. Thank you. So I reached out to the councilman's office and I got to say, Reynoso's office has been amazing. Um, they gave me fundings, they connected me with ArtBridge, and lo and behold, they gave me two wall spaces. Riseboro gave me two, I gotta give them props too, gave me uh, two wall spaces, and it, you know, so everything's been confirmed. Um, we got really good spaces in the district where all the murals are, where all the tourists are, so actually now we're shopping for an artist, if you know anybody, to actually create a rendering and do the artwork.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Um, yeah. Know a lot of artists? I'm sure you do too. I do
1: too. But I'm taking res. You know, I'm mm-hmm. taking. I'm taking proposals. I'm taking ideas. Yeah. Um, we have the money already. Everything literally got confirmed last week. We have the walls. We got the money. Now we just need someone to come up with a great idea, and
0: that's it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll put you in touch. I just think of off the bat upstairs, Jason Palmieri. Uh, he did the peacock. That's up there. He's oh, a dope nice. artist. Um, but yeah, there's there's so Plenty many of people. Mm-hmm. It's Bushwick. So. It's Bushwick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the personal development course? I did Landmark. I don't know if you're familiar oh, okay, with that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I did it for like the whole 2 years. Like mm-hmm. I was like cuz honestly like I guess, you know, my head was like I was so depressed and I felt so empty. Like I was like this this can't be life. Like I was I was like lifeless, you know, on on an emotional level. And it was affecting my love life. It, you know, I have a child. It was affecting you know, my relationship with my son, it was just, I was just not in a good space. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm a fighter, naturally. I'm not going to sit in, in that toxic pool of misery. I was like, I, I, I know that there's some light in me somewhere. I just got to figure out how to tap into that. And um, that's when I decided to do Landmark. A couple of my friends have done it, and they've had success stories. And, and I did it for two years. And I got to say, yeah, it pulled me out of that toxic pool you know, that dark place, you know, and it motivated me to like give more. I realized through that program that, you know, it's not about me, you know, it, it's not about sulking in what I have and what I don't have. It's about finding your higher purpose and being that person in this lifetime. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I started to do little things and finishing projects, it, it just started to grow and grow. And before you know it, even with this wall project, you know, I went from two walls. I got like, now four major walls you know what i'm saying i'm collaborating with other companies you know so you know and i got a art project approved at maria hernandez park that's going to be the first uh, installation that size a seven foot installation so you know and it was just being selfless and just doing it with no agenda and just i think my purpose was to be my true self yeah um and live my truth and i just kept operating in that mode and just stuff started to open up
0: Nice, uh it's interesting, like just the other day, um I was coming from the school I train at and like the martial arts school I train at, and on my way back, I saw a young woman just like picking up some trash and not like not like on some community service <laughs> detail, just like doing like, what's it her name? <laughs> yeah, and i was <laughs> but I was just like it made me like I think I had a pretty tight schedule that day, but seeing it made me want to start doing like made me want to like help out, you know what I mean? Um so it's super powerful the thing of like not knowing like doing things that are in service, I guess. It's super powerful because you don't know the effect that it has on other people, but me just seeing somebody do that made me want to do it, you know, so it's super powerful.
1: It's amazing. I mean, we started off just um pretty much picking up garbage and in the past two years we've grown to like hosting sustainability workshops which I think that's been have grown and I think that's probably going to be our focal point for 2020 because part of dealing with the garbage situation is understanding how to mitigate the garbage you know separated you know I'm not I'll tell you that I'm not an environmentalist per se I'm not an expert I try to live my truth in that area too I'm not perfect um but Nobody is, and we don't expect perfection. We just want to educate people so they can do the most they can in their part, and hopefully by educating them on how to separate garbage and how to be a little bit more conscious, we'll be able to solve the problem like on a global level because it always starts in a community, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But I'd also push back and say, I think you are an environmentalist if you're oh, actually yeah. <laughs> doing the work, you know what I mean? Like, 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 I,
1: I feel like I'm not fanatical, though. I mean, every once in a while, I, I slip up. Like, I, I've gotten better, like... When I first started and I wasn't educated, I didn't get into it like, you know, recycling. I got into it because I was like, I'm tired of this garbage out in the street. Literally, that was why I got into it. And then I was like, I can't be talking to talk and not walking to walk. So I change a lot of habits. I don't buy bottled water. You know, I have like my coffee mug, reusable bags. Before they banned the plastic bags already, you know, so I, I've taken like, steps towards changing my lifestyle you know mm-hmm. it's like diet you know what i'm saying like you want to live a healthy lifestyle you got to change how you eat so i've approached the environment that way as well am i perfect i mean once in a blue moon i slip up if i'm in a city and i want coffee i'll buy a cup of coffee which is terrible by the way because those caps are hard to recycle that's a whole other story but i you know once in a while i slip up you know what i'm saying but i try my best to be like okay back on track let me play my part in this you know global issue
0: mm-hmm. but I, and i also think like it's Like it's very important to do what you can as a person, but it's, but it's interesting like with like environmental issues, it really is a whole structural change that needs to happen. And so, yeah, I think you doing the best you can do as an individual is good, but also like being, feeling guilty about like the, like the things like, yeah, you need, like
1: that's Feeling guilty
0: about the macro isn't helpful to the macro e- either. I you know what with I mean? That. Um, and it's not to say don't be accountable to yourself, but like, yeah, cut yourself some no, slack. I, in, I totally you know? agree
1: with that. Like, I, I tell, you know, I think that sometimes you got to take a little small step backward for the bigger picture. Um, and I am referring to like just being able to create a bigger presence in our movements, you know. You know, there may be times where we have to buy brochures or there may be times where we do get plastic bottles, not disposable ones, but just little things like that to kind of become more known, you know, our presence, because the more people know about us, the more they're inclined to join our cause. Right. Um, But I think the best thing that we've done this year is definitely start those sustainability workshops, because I mean, every time I hear like we had one recently, we had about 70 people at the Star Bar. Um, it was very successful and just sitting there listening to them speak, I was like, wow, there's so many things I didn't know that are just simple steps to like that help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, it's very important. Nice. So I'm happy about that. Yeah. Being a part of that.
0: Um, and then so how so tell me about the process of making making this this music video. You reached out to a film company. How did you know who to reach out to? Um yeah, how did? Well, how did it didn't I-
1: happen like that. You see, the beauty about living in Bushwick is like everyone's an artist, right? Yeah. So I was like working at a gym, and, and I met a woman there. Her name is Mary Carol. She's amazing, and you know, I would talk to her about my ideas. We would train together, and I'd be like, like, I mean, I would go off on all these ideas. And then one day, she was like, "Well, let me see what you got." So I like, I showed her my conceptual demo, and then. I emailed her my treatment because I had it all. So,
0: how did you come up with that though? I guess even like, how did you? Come you had a conceptual conception. demo, just because like a lot of people <sighs> just talk. Like it's one thing to just talk, but you were actually you were doing. Oh yeah, the you know thing. they
1: say they say well, there's a saying they say when preparation meets. Uh,
0: preparation means opportunity. Opportunity. I'm yeah. all for
1: that. I be having yeah. my stuff lined up, like folders of like ideas, because because at the end of the day, it's like. I've always, I always want to do music. Mm -hmm. So, and I've been at it off and on for a long time. So just to go backwards, when I took the two years off of working a normal job, I spent those two years not only self-developing myself as a human being, working on music. So that's why I had that conceptual album. Because I spent a good year of like trying to find my sound as an artist or my voice per se, and just writing and writing and writing. And I, I went into like two different music programs. Like I was just like really, really... Fine tuning my craft. It's dope. (laughs) You Um, know, I was like, I got, and I had all these visions. It was weird. As I started to like emotionally heal, all these visions were coming, and I was just instead of just disregarding them, I literally would write them down. Uh huh. So by the time I spoke met Mary and spoke to her, I already had my stuff laid out, and she was like, "This is dope." And I was like, so insecure about my stuff, you know, because. That's a whole nother conversation. But, you know, when you're dealing with self-esteem issues, you know, like craziness, you're like, nothing I do is great, you know. But I don't know. I was just brave enough to show her. I was like, this is an idea that I have. And she was like, this is actually pretty dope. So we worked together, found a location, you know, found actors. and
0: So had you recorded the song by that point?
1: The song was recorded at that point. Uh And actually her husband was the one who ended up doing the final mix. Okay, So it was like, if I showed you the original version versus what he did, I mean, he took it to a whole nother level. I was like, all right, John. I was Mm -hmm. like, you'll forever mix my stuff. Like he, he souped it up. He threw in the bells and whistles. And before you know it, I was like, in awe. You know what I'm saying? So it was all happening simultaneously. So I had, I actually recorded that song in 2018. Went to one producer. He did whatever. I wasn't really crazy about it, but I still had my vocals. Mm -hmm. So when I, Had took the stems and my vocals to John, which is Mary's husband. He he threw in his sauce and that's it. We're here now. (laughs) Sauce. It was like sauce, the visuals, like they threw in a whole lot of sauce. And then before you know it, the product was done. And it's crazy because when I first saw it, I didn't like it. I was like, oh my God. It was like way too in my, like I was like subconscious. Like I don't like the way I look. Like I was all freaky about it. And so that's why it took so long to get released, to be quite honest with you. That was a big part of it. Because I was like, can you change that? That's too close to my face. Like, being all crazy. But Mary's smart. I got to give her credit. Because she kind of, like, didn't listen to me. Mm. <laughs> and she just let us sit in the back burner for a bit. She was like, you know what? This is going to sit around for a bit. And we're going to come back to this. And then one day, because we work out, we were, like, literally seeing each other every day. She brought it back up. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and then we released it. It was, like, that type of deal. You know? So...
0: And I read something that you were, like, are maybe trying to do, like, a film project also.
1: Yeah, so that... Well, I shouldn't say that inspired me. I already had that in mind, but that that just fell in line with already uh-huh. this idea that I had. Um, so I for 2021, I, I would hope to start working on a full visual-type music visual, and it would be my interpretation of sadness and how I got out of it because writing those songs, honestly, I was like really in a sad space. And not only was I in a sad space, I was in a sad space where I could actually like tr- translate it and communicate it. Like, and that I struggled with for years. So I think that's number one, something that, that I want to celebrate. I'm like, all right, I tapped into that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, you're an artist too. And I don't know. Maybe it comes natural to you where you can just tap into those emotions and, and, and write and create For me, for years, I struggled with that because I didn't, because I was afraid of being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I was like, and people are gonna know that I'm fucked up, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like my mind, I was like, you know, people are gonna know that I'm not right, you know. And I was like hanging on to this facade, like I was like, oh, you know, I can't. And and then one day, not one day, I mean, it was it was something that I exercised through therapy. I was just like, I don't care, and I just started writing all these songs. So with that, I was like. I want to do visuals. And I, again, like I have my little folders of like my treatments already written out. So again, everything's like already there. I just got to focus on funding. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say next year. So releasing this, I'm hoping would give me the opportunity to get funding. So this project will basically be a visual musical of like sadness and coming out of sadness. It's not only just about being sad, but it would be, you know, my interpretation of sadness and
0: coming out of it. And how do you, Oh, well, (laughs) <laughs> Where do I want to go now? Um, what uh, you mentioned, you invested in some like musical programs also, like during that time to help help with the songwriting. Like, what what was that like, and how did you find those places to like study?
1: Well, I did a vocal camp with Craig Derry. He's like well known vocal coach. That was great because you meet a bunch of like actively working musicians. So you kind of learn from them how they do stuff. Second thing I did is I um, took piano lessons right here in Bushwick. And then I got into a program through Soundfly. It's a coaching program, which I almost don't want to shout them out because I so the end of the program, I was like, all right. I wasn't too happy with it, but it did help a little bit. And a lot of it was um, just like just getting books and studying on how to write properly and, and, and mostly like, I already was in the music program. I did a program through alphabet workshop in the Lower East Side. I did that for a couple of years too. So I was like in and out of music programs, like developing my, uh, music, you know, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to Berkeley or anything like that. Like I did like private studies. Um, so it was just like developing that muscle and then one day all of a sudden I was like playing the piano writing songs. It just felt like it happened overnight. Like I don't know if that's how it worked for you, but it was like study, 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 and then one day it was like a good week of like ping, 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 bing and just writing away. That's just how it worked out. And then I just started recording it, saving it, recording it from home. I mean, I used Garage Band. I just upgraded the logic. Yeah. You know? Um, and then I was like, pitching those conceptual songs to people. I'm like, hey, look what I wrote. What do you think? You know, I think it was a way to get organic feedback too. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, it was the first time that when I was sharing stuff with people, I didn't get a negative feedback. Because like a few years ago, I would share stuff and they're like, wow, <laughs> you
0: know. It's interesting. I had a, <laughs> one of my mentors talked about that. And there is a thing of protecting your process. Yeah. So there's like a point, and you kind of have to know it for yourself, but basically there's a point in the process where maybe you shouldn't share it like cuz it's like you're still working it out
1: that's true um
0: and if you share in that process like it depends on where you are like i'm sure it'd be different now but like if you share too early and you're feeling unsure not exactly then it's not necessarily the best time because sometimes the idea just needs to form a little bit more cuz if you hear the negative feedback and it's not fully formed, sometimes it'll like discourage you from like going forward where it's like, it might be a good idea, it just needs more work before, you know, or you have people who you can share it with who will give you the type of feedback that you need at that stage, you know? Because when I started writing songs, I was super, like, I was like, you know, just off the bat, you're like, this is dumb. And there was somebody who was a musician who was like, no, that's good, let's keep going, so
1: yeah, and I, I I get in that's a whole nother conversation about like who you surround yourself with, mm-hmm. who you share with, you know, in the beginning phases of me making that decision, it was a life decision for me. It was like, I am not gonna die without putting out a body of work because some people want to travel all over the world, and that's their life goals. Some people want to be millionaires, and that's their life goal. My life goal is to create a body of work. <laughs> that's it. So when I made that decision, like in the beginning, I was like writing and sharing stuff. And it was like, a, I felt like it was so much negativity. It was like, you sound off key. He was like hearing all this stuff and it was very discouraging. So not to say that they weren't probably valid. There was any, let's say there wasn't any validation in what was being said, but there's that fine line between, are you giving me constructive criticism or are you just nasty and hated? Right. you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, so it was like that. And then I, so I just, it was like, as I started to heal and change a lot, my circle started to really change. And mm-hmm. it was weird because then I started inviting like a lot more professionals in my life. And those are the people you kind of want to consult with because they're already doing it. You yeah. know? you don't want to, you know, give a track to Betty from the block who don't know nothing about the process. She's going to hear it raw and say it sounds like shit. You know what I'm saying? But if you give it to a professional musician, they are be like, okay, I hear the potential in that. Why don't you add this and do that? So it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. And that I learned, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, also like talking about toxicity it's like people, that's like the biggest thing right now for me. It's who you, surround you with, who you surround yourself with, how much time you spend with them. And then it's like in general, I want to be around people that are doing things. Like even if it's not the same thing. Um, and then like, yeah, we're talking about your music. I like one of the things I really love about it is technically you're a good singer and you have a different sound. And yeah, so the right. other thing is like with some people and I like I kind of have a different like both of us have like a have some R&B chops. Yeah. But
1: that's where I derive from. Yeah, I me grew too. grew up listening in the 90s. R&B. Me too. Me too.
0: <laughs> but my music man, like I, I like it, but like I even though that's what I like, I don't like what I write tends to be a little different from that. Me too. Um and so sometimes even like if it's like people, my friends that are like more listening to the same thing as me, might not hear what I'm trying to do because it's different. But just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong either. You That's know?
1: what I'm saying. Like the the, the world of music has changed so much. Number one, it's so accessible. Everyone can be an artist now. Like mm-hmm. it's, and then you know the genres have been integrating so much lately with music. So you know it's timing. I remember writing music six or seven years ago, I was already kind of mixing things and it just really sounded crazy and not in a good way. (laughs) And then now it's like it all makes sense, you know? Because nobody cares anymore. There's no rules. I don't think it's as defined as it used to be a decade ago. You know what I'm saying? And to your point, yeah, I come from an R and B background. However, I love alternative rock. I mean, I love Tom York. One of my favorite singers is from St. Vincent. I love that style of music. So that's so a lot of my influences are there, but being raised there, it's like merging those two. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I love Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could belt out a tune in a heartbeat. But you know what? I prefer to be a little dialed back because that's what makes me feel like I'm communicating in a way I want to communicate. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like all that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing I found myself do early on with trying to do my band like, was I was, I was around a lot of rock musicians. So I was actually, I think in the beginning trying to be trying to go more in that lane and at a certain point had to also come home to like who I am so it's not that it has to be one or the other exactly but like I was maybe going too far not too far you like you got to explore but like you know what I mean like I was running from who I was a little bit I think in a way
1: no I feel that I felt the same way so what was happening to me in this decade of trying to do music because I have a very soulful voice Mm -hmm. A lot of these soul bands you sound like etta you know you sing the blues and i would do it but it wasn't speaking to my heart i was like you know yeah i could do all that stuff you know what i'm saying and when i would work with producers it was always like well, you need to do like rmb and sound like this person and sound like that person because that's you know what your voice sounds like and i it just i it wasn't speaking to my soul so that's what prompted me to take music lessons because I was like, nobody's going to understand what's coming out of my head. Like I got to right. figure this stuff out by myself. And then when I did all that and evolved, all this stuff started coming out and it wasn't R&B music. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it wasn't blues. It wasn't rock. It was none of that. I don't know what it is, but it was none of that, you know? And I, I was like, this is what's speaking to me. And I'm just going to write that way. And I don't care, mm-hmm. you know what it sounds like, you know? And that's, the birth of like never go back, you know what I'm saying, and it was the whole thing of like I was always afraid again to be vulnerable, and and and, and I was I am I mean I've gotten I've changed a little bit, but I write a lot of depressing songs, and I was like I don't want to put that out there. People are gonna think I'm miserable, you know. But I was like, this is what's speaking to me. There's a lot of miserable people out there, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I'm just gonna do it. I don't care.
0: Well, and it's I think <laughs> like that the. The song What's the name of it again? Never Go Back. Never Go Back. Yeah. Like, um, I think it's talking about a depressing topic. Yeah. But in a way that's not depressing.
1: Yeah, that's how I pretty much write. Yeah. I mean, and I trust me, when I wrote that, I was like the epitome of depressed. And at that time I was in my bed like oh, I was like so depressed, you know? Um, and I was like, I don't ever want to be in this space again, you know. So that's what came out pretty much. And, um, yeah, I write like that. Like, you know, I like to use major chords and then, you know, write lyrics with undertones of like sadness or Mm -hmm. very melancholy vibes, you know, it's just, or really slow. That's just how I write, you know? But yeah, that song was definitely birthed from being super depressed. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And and I love it. Like, I'm not mad at it, you know? And I feel like it's been very well received. It's amazing, you you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm you said you never want to be there again yeah um and that's like a interesting question getting yeah. into like the mental health aspect because i do i i think well i th- i know i've been in some depressed stages at different times and definitely some of the music i've written before came out of that as well um and then getting out of that I guess like the last few years, something that's been, and why I was excited to talk about, to talk with you about this is I, a few years ago, around the same time, everything happened, big change in my life. uh, Basically, I went and got a physical and they asked some questions about mental health, basically. And then they were like, well, according to your answers, you're depressed. And my answer, well, my answer was actually like, well, so what? like, so what? Yeah, I have a lot going on. And they were like, you know, you don't have to be depressed. And it kind of got me, kind of woke me up to like, oh, yeah, like actually just as I want to get in shape and everything like that, like physically, um, maybe I should like work on my mental health as well. So like the last few years have been pretty focused on both of those. Um, And I guess knowing that sometimes I might be in, like, down states, but kind of because I'm putting in work on my mental health, I can't help, like, the things that happen to me, and I can't help, like, if chemically I'm more down at some point, but what I can help is kind of like you said, I think, you know, you did a lot, you did a lot of personal development in, like, actual personal development courses music courses and stuff like that. But yeah, actually developing yourself is like a way that you can deal with like depression and deal with your mental health. I don't know I don't know what the question is there, but just yeah, I guess how do you what do you think about not being back in that place again? Like how can you do that? You know what I mean?
1: Um, I think for me personally, I feel like what's changed between What's happened now and then is that I developed a, I developed the ability to understand myself in mm-hmm. a sense that if I am feeling depressed, I acknowledge it. Like yeah. I don't be like, oh, let me go out and drink. Let me go. Like, I don't go crazy. I'm like, I'm depressed today. I'm going to lay down, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't allow it to go past like 24 hours. Right. You know, and then I get up, go to the gym. Yeah. You know, I try to be healthy, meet friends, you know, and I thrust myself out there so that I don't stay in that space because I know how long I know I could fall into that real deep. Um, And that's been something that I've been practicing the past few years. And also, I think this whole thing of like pursuing my passions has lessened the amount of depression, depressive states that I've had, like, and I'm not saying it's never going to come back. I personally think, I mean, I'm self-diagnosing, even though I have been to a psychiatrist and psychologist. I definitely feel like I suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think it's from working in a corporate environment. Mm. My job spanked me. Like I was there for 20 years and they treated me terribly. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I'm recovering from that. I mean, people go to Iraq and they get you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. Try working for a property management company. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's rough. They don't care about you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, So, you know, again, like I what's changed then versus now is that I would be depressed back then and just kept working working. kept, I wasn't like nurturing that. I wasn't like, I was like pushing it to the side right. to the point where I literally had a breakdown, like mm-hmm. a, a, seriously, like a nervous breakdown. Like I, they had me on anxiety pills, antidepressants, uh, Adderall, like five different prescriptions. Yeah. Cause that's what the doctor does. They don't try to tell you there's an organic way to heal yourself. They're like, let me just drug you up. And I, you know, it was terrible. It was a terrible time for me because I was doing all that and I knew it wasn't right. That's why I was like, okay, I got to find another remedy. And that's what made me do Landmark and it was like the best decision of my life. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's it. So dealing with depression now, I don't say that it doesn't come. Listen, I'm not perfect. I still do things that are like unhealthy for me, you know, toxic relationships. I still, I'm human. So it's like I still, I try my best to be good to myself, but I still do dumb stuff. And then I relapse into craziness again. But the difference between back then and now is that I acknowledge it. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling depressed because I did something stupid. <laughs> I'm going to lay in this for a little bit and dust myself off and move on. I'm human. Mm-hmm. so that, I hope that answered your question. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I think it's a great conversation. Um, what And what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to help other people deal with, with mental health?
1: Well, I feel like um, this project that I'm working on is going to be a great start because... And is that the... The film project. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Because it deals with sadness, sadness in connection to depression Um, and drug abuse and all that. I think it's all one pool of it all is connected somehow. I Yeah, I, I, uh... you know, I mean, some people don't opt to do drugs or go crazy, but I feel like this It's somehow it's connected, you know, and I feel with this project, it's not only a personal healing process for me because, you know, I'm like paying it forward. I'm like, guys, I've been through all this crazy stuff and I'm like sharing my experiences with you I I I I want to be able to create something in a way that is again like not preachy like don't go out and do that I want to be able to send a message in a way that people will understand it just like going back to the artwork and I mentioned you know people will understand not littering in the street by using art murals that basically say lit in the street same thing with depression like people who are depressed would be able to relate to what I'm doing because it is depressing music, but it's not sitting in that space. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's going to be helpful. And, and, and talking about it, like being on podcasts podcast like yours, like this is a great opportunity to talk about my experience in depression.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trip talking to you because it's like <laughs> very similar backstory um, and then different manifestation of like expressing art in like different paths. So it's like a, it's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you, you. about it. Um, so what do we have to do? What are the next steps for the film project?
1: Well, I'm releasing another single, I would say hopefully in 90 days, because sometimes things get delayed circumstances, but that's what I'm projecting. And Another one after that, 90 days after. So I'm going to do probably three to four this year. And so I'm just trying to get enough of a body of work so that I can possibly get like sponsorship or grants for the full body of work. So, but in the meanwhile, I'm just coming out of pocket and just paying for the Mm -hmm. bits and pieces here. And then I'm hoping to build enough presence so that it's easier for me to get funding next year for the full project. Um, and I've been I've been out there. Like I have a show coming up March 29th actually at Berlin in uh, the Lower East Side. Um, so I'm I'm gonna start that campaign. Let's plug
0: that one again. When yeah, is that?
1: Berlin March 29th. It's I believe it's at eight o'clock. I don't have all the logistics. which is terrible. Is that
0: a Friday or what day of the it's week? A Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Okay.
1: I just got like confirmation yesterday, so I gotta get the details. I'm like working on it.
0: At eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Okay. I'll be there.
1: Okay, good. I'm gonna remind you and tell you the exact yeah. just in case it changed time. We'll
0: wise. try to. We'll. I'll coordinate this. Okay. Episode, so people listening will probably okay, already good. have heard it, okay, but good. it'll be around like a week or so ahead of that.
1: It's my first show in two years. Nice, and it's gonna be mostly original music. Cause I did an Aretha Franklin tribute two years ago with a soul band. So that's what nice. I'm saying. It's gonna be a big difference between that and this. I was belting it out. I was like, yeah. yeah. Now, now I'm like super chill. It's gonna be like an acoustic set um all original not all but mostly original music i, I gotta throw some porter's head in there you know <laughs> it's like i cover one of two of those so you know? are you
0: you're gonna be playing and oh, then are you having a band or i'm how gonna does... have
1: a uh, uh, I, I don't play that well but i'm gonna have a guitar player with
0: me mm-hmm. and a
1: dj mm-hmm.
0: yeah and are you playing at all I'm going to be singing.
1: Sing. Yeah, yeah No yeah. playing yet. No, no. Got gotcha. I mean, I play the piano, but not great. That's the only instrument I know how to play and enough to write. Like, I would never do it. Not yet. Maybe, <laughs> knock on wood, in a year I've developed that too, but I ain't there yet. Uh, I don't play in my band. <laughs> no, I am not there yet. Nah. You know? Yeah.
0: Nice. Um, I've never, I don't think I've been there before, Berlin.
1: Well, it was the opp- opportunity again. So, my one of my alumni in a music program I was in. Um, she tours all over the United States and she tours all over u- Europe. Her name is uh, classic Judy. She calls it the Turismo, Turismo tour, Turismo. I hope I pronounce it tour. She does stuff. She hit me, inboxed me on uh, Instagram was like, yo, I love your music. I love your single. Do you mind being a part of a lineup? I, I'm to be quite honest with you. I was, I haven't done a show in two years. I panicked a little bit. I'm like, Oh my God, I need a band. What am I going to do? You <laughs> I did all those things and then i was, i said yeah without even having anything i just literally confirmed most of the stuff today i was working already with a guitarist so you know he's probably going to be my bandmate for sure yeah. he's on melrose by the way <laughs> <And> so, <Nice.
0: laughs>
1: so, so i was like already like so so that all well, got so as i was like i don't have the full deets but i'll have them hopefully in the next couple of days but this just happened like last week so she i, I was like I mean, what do you'd have done? I was like, I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. This girl may not have a huge social media presence, but she get paid for all her gigs and she's traveling all over the place. So I'm like, I might as well jump on that, you know? The perfect opportunity.
0: Let me know if you guys need anybody else <laughs> on the bill, actually. Okay, I'll let um. you know.
1: Because she, I don't know how, it, it was Classic Judy. I, I don't know how she do it, but she she has shows and she constantly has people, like she gets paid. Like, you know, she's doing her thing. So, yeah. So when she approached me, I was like, wow, this is like God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's good to get myself out there too. Definitely. Yeah. But I'll uh, definitely let you know because they I am sure they always need someone.
0: Yeah. You know? Um, hmm. uh, so so you said so that's coming up. That's gonna be March Twenty. Twenty ninth. For sure. Okay, so the, the time end of March. I'm like
1: not sure of. Yeah. So I'll get that for you. Yeah.
0: Um and then you're gonna release the second single. Yeah. And I, what's the name of that one?
1: That one's called Cocaine Main. Okay. do you want to hear about that yeah (laughs) so that one i'm finishing up the recording stuff hopefully in the next couple of weeks um is a song i wrote i was dealing with this guy who was a heavy cocaine user like you know and he was just not right so it inspired me to write that song i i I was thinking to myself that when i do drop my ep i'm gonna name it cocaine chronicles because a lot of (laughs) i like it (laughs) Because a lot of like, you know, what inspired my writing was through this dude, and it wasn't because I'm gonna be honest with you, it wasn't because I was obsessed with him or in love with him. It was just me dealing with that was a reflection of where I am. Like I'm like, wow, I'm a hot mess. I'm dealing with this cocaine dude. He don't want to be monogamous. You know, it's it's just a jacked up situation, and I'm just letting it happen because I'm messed up. You know what I'm saying? So it was just a mirror of like the space that I'm in. I mean or was living in during that time. So so it inspired me to write this song called Cocaine Maine. Like it was basically saying like, he'll never be with me because he's messed up. Like, how am I going to expect him to commit and be that person if he's a hot mess? And why am I even entertaining it? Mm-hmm. You know, so, so yeah. So that's what I'm saying, so everything I hope to release, I hope again that it's like, I'm trying to keep it on a deep, not deep, organic level. I don't want to be like, I'm trying to be deep. No, I'm being real. And I don't want to censor that. And I hope people can relate and people can feel it.
0: Well, and so, like, people listening, check out, you know, Never Go Back. It'll be in the show notes of this. Um, But that one, and getting, like, so now I'm getting the theme more. But that one, a lot of it, like, it starts off, everything's going backwards and reverse
1: so when we I wrote the treatment to that, the I guess the premises or the, you know, it has a lot of meaning, in my opinion. I wrote it to be meaningful. Uh-huh. So obviously going backwards is you're reverting to some right. behavior. So that's why we were like, we're going to do it backwards because it shows someone who is just reverting back to toxic behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, in the video, I'm like doing coke. I'm with two guys. <laughs> you know, I'm having a good old time. But there's times in a video where I'm like, I blank out. Uh-huh and i'm like emotionally distressed. Yeah. You know what i'm saying? So it's like, you know, we want it we want to express that. You know, that whole idea of like we're out, we're having fun, we're moving very quickly, you know, reverting to craziness, but the after effect of it. Like what happens when you're alone? You're, you know, i don't I, some people, you know, that's their life, they're happy with that. Some people, me personally, i would be alone and feel like a hot mess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, I did all of that. And I can't even ask that guy to fix my tire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, what am I doing? Like, I'm questioning myself, like, what is wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? So and then I would relapse into a depressive state. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I recently, and I don't know, like I'm for right now, I'm doing it, but I I decided to stop drinking. Awesome. Um, And that's like, it kind of, there have been extremes with it before. Um, and over time, like for me, it was like over time, the extremes would happen more often, like blackouts. And not like, I wouldn't wake up like, where, I? like not like where am I, but just more like, hmm, I don't know what exactly happened between this point and this point. And, and that would happen more frequently over time. And... But basically, like, in October, there was a situation, like, there was an audition for something, and it wasn't a big, it wasn't, like, the biggest deal in the world, but it was, like, a short film, it was set in Harlem, it dealt with gentrification, and it was set in, like, three different times, so I think I was supposed to be, like, a modern person, and this was just a casual kind of situation where, after work one night, like, wasn't a blackout situation. Just had one too many drinks and was having a good time. But then the next morning when I could have taped that audition, I didn't. And then I was hungover. And then after work that night, had some drinks. And then I was hungover. So it, like, went. And then basically the weekend went. And then the director removed the invitation to send in the tape. And basically it was kind of like a wake-up call. It wasn't an extreme thing, but it was sort of... It was like a little thing that hurt and made me realize I've been like kind of using that as like a self sabotage thing. And then I, you know, there's like, I'm around extremes. I know the extremes. Me too. But sometimes I think for me, my experience is sometimes you lie to yourself about the mess you are sometimes by saying, like, well, I'm not that bad. And it's like, just because I'm not. Having that extreme, like maybe my extreme is in a different way, that maybe I yeah maybe only I see, but but not usually. Usually some other people see it too. But it doesn't matter. It's like what matters most actually is what I know to be true.
1: Absolutely. I, I for me I, I always say like I have to have a relationship with myself, like mm-hmm. my body. And to your point, like we live in this air, Bushwick, and Bushwick, it's embedded in the culture here, where it's like there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of bars. Like I remember the first year living here, like I was out drinking to yeah. three o'clock in the morning about four or five times a week. What else is there to do? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And that rolls into like other behavior because mm-hmm. you're like drunk all the time. You know what I'm saying? You're Meeting up dudes and all this other crazy stuff. And then I realized like it just I was always feeling unhealthy. I was like yeah. I was feeling tired. I was getting bloated. I was like I, it was like it's just. And then I, this whole process of like self-development and getting out of the craziness, I started to slowly wean myself of alcohol. I'm not saying I don't drink. I'm just saying that.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I don't know that I won't I, ever. I never say that I'm going to quit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't wanna say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, but like right now I'm like trying to be, I'm trying, I'm exploring this other extreme with it and we'll see. Um. Yeah.
1: I'm hoping that the culture change a little bit. I don't, I feel like a lot of it, because I meet a lot of, I have a lot of friends and we meet at the bars. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're like Thursday night at the rookery. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I go in there, I know everybody up in there. What's I, I worked boys? there for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I know I have a whole posse in there. Okay. <laughs> and They all drink four or five times a week. So it's like, it would be great to kind of turn that culture around to a more like healthier culture. I'm like, why mm-hmm. don't we all meet for yoga instead of getting drunk? You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but that would be nice.
0: Well, you know, that's something like I've been growing to love about, uh, like filmmaking and stuff like that. And that's the thing about working on projects. It's like when when you're working on a project and I actually had one of my mentors say this today. She's like a goal. A goal is there. So you have something to pursue. It's not about. Like of course you want to get achieve the goal, but actually the pursuit of the thing is more important. I agree with that. Like so that you're busy pursuing things and working on things. So it's like when you're working on a project, if you're working on a film, it takes all these people collaborating to like make something happen. When you're doing that, you don't have time for like the other like you're. That's what you're doing. Not to say that you won't go out and whatever after, but it's like. Yeah, have you, goals like you get me, together like, to do things I'm a singer I mm-hmm. can't be
1: smoking weed cigarettes I mean I still smoke weed but I can't be like carrying on getting drunk and you know I'm like I gotta and I can't be having two three hours worth of sleep like I, yeah. I, I need to be fully rested yep. I need to practice every day I need to be physically fit you know I have to have that commitment if I'm trying to have success in this you know what yeah. I'm saying um so yeah so that's when I started to dial back on the craziness I'm yeah like, and then even hanging out with dudes in my case it was like I can't hang out with you because all you want to do is smoke weed and carry on and drink and you know and and be up for days and all this craziness and that's not conducive to the lifestyle that I'm trying to create for myself. Yeah, you know, so I had to make major overhaul friends too, girlfriends too. I'm like, dude, you want to summertime is like I want to party every day as a party. Do you want to do this rooftop? Do you want to do this rooftop? Not only is it expensive, like I need to save money because you know when you do work, you got to put your money into it. You know, it's like not conducive to me growing you know at my skill set because I'm spending time hanging out getting drunk with this chick too tired and recovering for two or three days I didn't practice my vocals I didn't go into the studio I've done spent all my money so I can't afford it you know I did it that real fast I was like I'm not doing that no more I had to make a choice like I was like this is what I really want this is more important than your friendship and being with you and I can't be tired (laughs) you can't be tired
0: too tired to do the actual work or tired to where you're Like, you know, when you're talented, you can get away with things for a while. But that's, like, the other thing, like, I had to come to terms with. It's, like, do you, like, like he said, I think I'm driven by the same thing. Like, probably the most important thing to me is leaving a body of work, like, more than anything else. And, yeah, if you're, if you're too tired all the time and you're getting away with it, like, your body of work is going to be what you got away with, not what you could have actually done, you know? And is that what you want to do? Like you can do that, but I don't know. That's a half ass body of work. I
1: agree. And for me, it's like, all right, so I took two years off from working, living off my savings and doing all type of side hustles. I'm like, I'm here now. I've gotten this far along of like not having normalcy, meaning like a regular nine to five. Why would I compromise the time that I sacrificed for craziness. Right. Like I had to make that decision. I'm like I'm like here now. Like I have to do this. I can't go back. Yeah. Never go back. Like I can't at this point. It's like and then I released this this releasing this was like really like okay girl, you're here now. Like it was like okay, you got to keep going. You can't, you know, you can't you can't be distracted. Yeah. You know? So I, I I but it you know, during the journey and I've been aligning myself with more people that are encouraging, that are helping. It's weird. It just it's like a natural way of progression where it's like the more you are invested in yourself the more you're invested in doing what you're doing the more people start to align with your purpose and you start meeting people yeah you know and that's what's been really happening like this gig March 29th the girl inboxed me out of nowhere she don't know what other music I have I might come out there and sound crazy (laughs) she was like I'm just gonna risk it this one song is good you get on the with me yeah (laughs) I was like okay
0: yeah nah it's great
1: you know, so yeah, that's just how it works. So me getting that positivity, and I, I can imagine that it's not going to always be like that, but what I've got, I don't take for granted what's happening now. Um, it's just been motivating for me to be like, okay, I really, really need to like structure myself and, and get down,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Where's the best place for people to follow you and keep up with what you're up to?
1: I would say my Instagram, Deb Monso. Mm-hmm that would be the best place I don't really have anything else I try to do like an artist Instagram but nobody was following that (laughs) so I have to have the Deb Monso and Deb Monso but Deb Monso would be the best
0: nice yeah and is there anything else you want to talk about today
1: I mean it's up to you I mean we covered the depression the mental health stuff I think we covered we covered the music the journey I mean you tell me (laughs) no I think
0: it I think it's good um Definitely keep me posted on what you're up to. I'm I'm personally very interested in what you're up thank to you. and hope we can collaborate. I would love that. Somehow. I would um, love that. Because, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, Same here. I, and I think you should be very proud of what you've done so far. Thank you. And I have faith um, that what you're going to do is going to be important. Thank And, you. and exciting. I, yeah. That's so... <laughs> um, oh, really good.
1: You know, I I just think, like, again, like, it's like I'm just trying to keep it real organic and come from that space. Because I've, you know, I've tried music a couple of times. I'm off and on. I even had a manager at one point, my own radio show. (laughs) Okay. And I remember, like, being coached into, like, I told you this before, like, you need to be like this, you need to sing this. And I never, it never sat well with me. Mm -hmm. Well, I could leave on this note. I mean, I'll tell everybody, like, your your time is your time. And you got to trust yourself. And that was not my time at that time. This is now. And I'm not going to tell my age, but I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> you, look, you look good, though. <laughs> I'm like, however, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm like, I could, I could do this now. Like, mm-hmm. I ain't worried about all that logistics because I'm coming from some real place. Like, I'm coming from real, like a really real place. And I feel like that's very far and few these days. You know, it's a lot of stuff that just, to me doesn't come off as organic. There's a lot of stuff that does, and I would hope that that I would fall in line in that space. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to be that person. You are. Thank you. You are, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so March 29th.
1: Yep. At the Berlin. It's uh, on Avenue A in the Lower East Side, and I'll give you the deets once I get all the exact deets. Hopefully I'll get it within the next couple of days.
0: Yeah. And this will, like I said, though, that'll be on the show notes. Okay. Um, is there? Are there any like parting thoughts you want to leave
1: um no not really I mean I think we covered every I I mean I would just say like you know I look forward to what's next and um you know I hope that I hope that you know the music or whatever I'm doing you know makes a difference because you know I just want to a passionate person and again like paying it forward so hopefully that helps (laughs) you know and as far as like the mental issue mental illness uh topic you know a lot of people are afraid to admit that they have mental illness um especially you know I'm, I'm Puerto Rican I come from a Latin family and depression is viewed as weakness um so a lot of people don't want to come off as weak like i remember for years i knew i was depressed i was putting on a facade because i was like people gonna talk about me you know i cared at one point what people said now i don't give a shit but um you know i would say like just like you go to a doctor to you know when you're having chest pains when you're feeling emotionally distressed you should definitely see someone so those are my part and thoughts like depression is real and you definitely need to address it
0: professionally thank you for sharing that and i agree (laughs) so thank you you.
1: and thank you for having me
0: thank you for being here i'm really glad this connection was made so awesome yeah so that was my conversation with deb monso as i said before please check the show notes follow her on instagram and check out her music video never go back and i was just thinking about that title never go back you know we all go through things in life and a lot of times we waste time looking backwards instead of forwards or actually just living in the moment. And right now we're all collectively going through this thing and we don't know what's going to happen on the other side. But we can't go back, so we can only go forward. So with that in mind, I know things are scary. I know things are uncertain. But don't be a doomsday warrior. Um, as an acting community here in New York, I'm a part of, likes to say, be an architect of possibility there's so much possibility ahead so lean into that and take care of yourself and don't beat yourself up and I'm saying this to you as much as I'm saying it to me so thank you very much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show I hope to hear from you soon and I plan on having another episode up for you soon as well thank you very much have a good one peace (laughs)